0: Well, shortly after arriving at Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, John 5 records that Jesus visited the pool of Bethesda. Now, while visiting a relaxing pool or garden scene would kind of make sense after a journey to be able to recuperate, Bethesda was not that kind of pool or that kind of place. It was unique in that crowds of sick people, the lame, the blind... The paralyzed lay all around this pool underneath the five column porches that surrounded it. The motive for why they would gather at this pool is found in John 5 and verse 4. The Bible says, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. On this day, as Jesus surveys the crowd of sick people that are surrounding the pool, his tension is to focus solely on one man who is lying there. A man that Jesus supernaturally recognized as having suffered from a crippling disease for 38 years. Without fanfare, without even a common greeting. Jesus walked up to the man and, and asked what can appear to be an absurd question. He said, do you want to be made well? But when we stop and read the story and, and closely examine what Jesus uh, is saying here and what he does with other cases where he is ministering to those suffering, there's no hidden rebuke in the question. Jesus isn't trying to do some kind of psychological analysis of this man. It's just a simple question that Jesus liked to ask people who were in need of a miracle. Do you want to be made well? Now, I'd like to think that I would have responded like blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. Yes, Lord, I want to be healed. Even if I was wrestling with doubts. I'd hope that I could at least respond like the father of the sick child in Mark 9 who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And even if it was just a bad day and I was carnal, surely I would have at least declared, God, Jesus, you've got to be kidding me. I've been laying here for 38 years and you're asking me if I want to be healed? Yes, I want to be healed. But this man, on this day, offered none of the above responses. In John 5 and 7, he answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Now, at first, this guy's response kind of sounds like a pity party. It's an excuse at best, and at worst, it's a grumbling complaint. And yet contained within this man's response was an expression of human persistence that attracted God and connected with God's plan. You see, God had stepped onto the scene with a plan to demonstrate his life-giving power over sickness and over Sabbath to the Jews Who were gathered in Jerusalem. And this man's persistence connected with God's plan. While I am coming, Lord, someone always steps in the water before I can get there, not once, not twice. But for 38 years, I watched Bartholomew last time beat me to the pool. The time before that, Martha had a friend who got her there first. The time before that, Amos got there diving right between my legs. But while I am coming, someone always gets there first. But nevertheless, I've never stopped coming, stirring after stirring. And year after year, this man just kept coming back to the pool, determined to get his healing. And Jesus said, responding to his declaration, rise, take up your bed and walk. No fanfare, no long pronouncement, just rise take up your bedroll and walk. And immediately John records in verse nine, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. An incredible life-giving miracle. And yet John, in recording this moment that Jesus ministers to this man, John gives no hint that this man possessed any faith in Jesus Christ before or even after the miracle. But there was something about this man. There was something about just human persistence that attracted the attention of, of Jesus Christ. And when human persistence intersected with divine purpose, a miracle happened in this man's life. And this evening, I want you to know that if mere human persistent catches the attention of God... How much more then does our persistent faith in God that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How much more does our persistent faith attract him? How much more does our persistent faith bring his attention upon us and please him? So this evening, as we gather around our city, my mission is to encourage you from the word of God. That when your steadfast faith intersects with the precise timing of God's perfect plan, miracles will happen in your life. Spiritual breakthrough will happen in your life. Healings are received at that intersection. Callings are affirmed and finances are blessed. When our faith intersects with the timing of God's plan, miracles Still happen. So when God steps into the porch of your life and when He asks you, Do you want a miracle? I pray that we can all respond, Yes, Lord, I believe, and yes, help my unbelief but while i was coming god a lot has happened while i've been coming lord seasons have come and gone while i've been coming lord i've wrestled with some doubts while i've been coming god i've felt all alone while i've been coming lord service after service and prayer meeting after prayer meeting and morning devotion after morning devotion lord while i was coming i've even wondered if you had passed me by but I I'm still here, I'm still coming, I'm still praying, I'm still believing, I'm still worshiping, I'm still serving, Lord. I still believe that you are going to take care of me. This is the kind of persistence that Jesus was talking about in the latter stages of his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7 and 7. Jesus taught, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. In this incredible sermon on the mount, Jesus, he'd already taught, That you and I should hunger and thirst after righteousness. He had already affirmed that our light should shine forth good works that men would glorify God and lift him up. He had already taught that we were to pursue the transformation of the spirit in our lives inwardly and outwardly as opposed to mere external legalism. He had already made sure we understood that the right motives must guide our giving and our praying and our fasting. He had already instructed us that we were to invest in what matters for eternity, that we were to resist worrying about basic securities and needs of human existence like food, clothing and shelter. And he had kind of summed it all up by declaring that we were to seek first the kingdom of God but underlying all of the incredible teaching that we read about in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This amazing sermon underlying it all is a theme of continuous action and commitment to the kingdom of God. And it all kind of culminates where Jesus comes back to prayer. And we read it just a moment ago in Matthew 7 and 7. But I'm going to read it again. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. Jesus then illustrates his point to leave no room for misunderstanding. He says, you parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? I don't know where you're at in life or what your experiences may be, but if you have kids, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, siblings, or you've just observed kids, you understand that children specialize in persistence when it comes to asking for what they want or for what they need. They're not phased for how many times you and I say no. They don't concern themselves with how we're going to pay for it. They just keep asking and asking and asking. My son Bronson has a doctorate degree in sweet, witty, persistent, always trying to figure out what angle he can take to present his appeal and hopefully obtain a successful answer that he desires. And that's exactly what Jesus is teaching you and I to do. And that's what he's trying to convey to us that in full submission to his will and in alignment to his purpose and plan, Jesus is saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking and keep on knocking because God is for us. God is not against us. God is always with us. And when we just keep on keeping on, God says, we will receive. We will receive the answer and the miracle that we need. It's later in his ministry, Luke records it in Luke chapter 18. Jesus reminds his disciples yet again of the internal importance of persistent faith that we're talking about this evening. Luke 18 and 1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. In verse 2, Jesus tells the story. There was a judge. In a certain city who neither feared God nor cared for people. This guy was everything a judge should not be. I mean, this was a judge who undermined any hope of justice for those who would stand before him. Verse 3 then says, There was a widow of that city who came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Now, this widow had absolutely no leverage. She should have had zero expectation of receiving justice. But hoping against all human hope, this widow just kept persisting in coming before the judge. And verse 4, Jesus continues the story and says, The judge ignored her for a while. We don't know how long. But finally, this judge said to himself, I don't fear God. I don't care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I am going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Now, this story speaks for itself. But Jesus continued to hammer on home his point. For in verse 6, the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have Faith, Like the man lying beside the pool of Bethesda, and like this helpless widow, if mere human persistence makes the impossible become possible, how much more does our steadfast faith in God attract Him and bring His attention upon us and please Him? And so I ask you this evening... Do you need a miracle? Do you need a healing in your body? Do you need an answer to a problem? Do you need a word of direction? Do you need a financial blessing? Do you have loved ones who need to be saved? And if so, or a, yeah, if so, to those questions or a million more like them, just keep on keeping on. Keep on being faithful to God Keep on going deeper in his word. Keep on going deeper in worship. Keep on praying because when our persistent faith intersects with the divine timing of God's plan. Miracles happen in that moment. Seas of impossibility, they still part. Walls of impossibility, they still collapse. Callings are still made clear. Doors of opportunity, they still open. Healings happen. Financial blessings arrive and spiritually hard hearts still melt. It's not hyperbole. It's not Hype, it's not fantasy, it's the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who said to you and I, Keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. For if you ask, you'll receive, and if you seek, you'll find, and if you knock, it will be open to you. It's the confidence that we have. In Jesus Christ. It's the confidence that we are his beloved children and he is our beloved father. It's a confidence that John expressed this way in 1 John 5 and 14. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask. For anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us. When we make our request. We also know that he will give us. What we ask for. So this evening I come with just a simple word. I don't come to pound you with 100 different illustrations or 50 different Bible verses. I think the Bible speaks for itself this evening in the passages that we've examined. But I just want you to know to be encouraged, to be at peace, and to be bold in your presentation to God. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. And keep on knocking because you may have been asking for a long time. You may have been seeking for season after season, and you may feel like you've knocked until you're at your last moment of knocking. It may be that this evening, you're just considering rolling up your bed mat and making your way out of the city back to wherever you came from. But I've come this evening to say that at the right time and in the right place, according to God's perfect plan for your life, that if your persistent faith will continue, if your steadfast faith will remain, that God will perform a miracle for you. And it can happen at any moment and at any time. Just keep on keeping on. I want to invite you to join me in prayer. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for us, and I want to pray for myself. So at this moment, knowing what the Word of God has spoken to us, the call to be consistent, to, be, to remain steadfast, to just keep on doing what you know to do, God has a divine plan for our lives He is not caught by surprise by any circumstance in the macro of of our world or the micro of our lives. He's still on the throne. And wherever you're at this evening, God is concerned about you. And in the right moment, the miraculous is going to happen by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. So would you boldly join me in prayer And would you once again ask God for everything you've been seeking Him for? Lord, I pray this evening in all of the spaces that we are gathered together across the city and who knows where else, I pray, God, that you would affirm your word by your tangible presence that ministers in every heart, in every place. I ask you, Lord, that you would comfort your people by your spirit and your word this evening. I pray, God, for an infusion of peace and confidence in the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord. I ask you to strengthen the faith of those who are weary with their circumstances. Lord, you said ask. You said seek. You said not, God, and that we would receive and we would find and the door would be open. So, Lord, according to your word and in the perfect timing of your plan, God, I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders to be manifested among your people. I pray for my brothers and sisters that are struggling, God, with a diagnosis that just keeps getting worse. I pray, God, for brothers and sisters that are struggling, God, to believe that their sons or daughters or their parents will ever be saved. I'm praying, God, for brothers and sisters who are caught up in the turmoil of our country wondering what's gonna happen. I pray, oh God, that your presence and your peace and your confidence would prevail in their mind, heart, and spirit. And I pray, Lord, that according to your will and according to the timing of your divine purpose, that there would be miracle signs and wonders that would be manifested in my life and in the life of every believer that has got a part of this congregation and that is engaged right now. I pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. So would you continue praying right where you're at in that space Maybe you want to just take a moment and have a prayer meeting and say, God, I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some dynamo of faith. God, I've struggled with doubts. I've wrestled with unbelief. I've felt hopeless and lonely, but I'm still here and I'm still coming and I'm still asking and I'm still seeking and I still have a measure of faith and I believe that that's enough. And I'm believing for the miraculous in your life and in my life. In Jesus' name, I pray that.